You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch. You guys, I'm excited about scratching this itch. This is one that we've been... (laughs) I didn't know that it was going to actually happen when we started this podcast. That didn't sound right. That Limp Biscuit itch? We are scratching the itch to talk about Limp Biscuit. (laughs) We've only been teasing on purpose. On purpose. You're forgetting that part. On purpose. We have dropped Limp Biscuit's names throughout our podcast uh, as a joke sometimes. But most uh, times. Yeah. But honestly, it's you know, I've mentioned that I've I've been a fan of their band for years. And so to have them kind of come out of nowhere and drop an album on Halloween, no less. Yes. Yeah. When most albums come out on a Friday, you know, Olympus get there doing their thing, dropping it on a Sunday. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And so now we're ready. We're ready to talk about this. And the out. Yes, I am. I've been ready all week, to be honest, Um, (laughs) because the album title says it all. The album Limp Biscuit still sucks. <laughs> oh man, no, this is great. As you mentioned, we kind of make mentioned this band in passing a couple times earlier on, and the joke was always, "I didn't know we were actually going to talk about Limp Biscuit going <laughs> to this podcast in 2020 and 2021." Now we're doing it intentionally. We're doing it unironically because we are general consensus so that we enjoy what's uh, happening here. So I think we should start by kind of figuring out what got us to Limp Biscuit releasing an album. On Halloween of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to say that I think if there was ever a time for a band like Limp Bizkit to make a comeback, this would be the time. You know, pandemic kind of put everything down. Everybody was, you know, doing you know, nobody was doing anything. And so if there was ever a time to just release everything, surprise the hell out of everybody. It's now. <laughs> and they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And as the guy from Eve Six would call it it's 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 good to get some unapologetically stupid rock music out here yes <laughs> some some turbulent some turbulent rock music oh no <laughs> now that we've talked about Limp biscuit eve six is going to become the running, the running background <laughs> gag. <laughs> so this album should, let's, should we do a little history here before we go too far yeah sure absolutely. why not let's talk about it they've been around for 20 some odd years we got to talk about their history that's right these guys came out in the late 90s um, and they struck it big with significant other. Um, well, they struck it. They started striking it big with three dollar bill, y'all. And then they blew it up with significant other and then blew it up even more with the, the worst name title of all time. <laughs> album title of all time. So these guys were really the like kind of the pinnacle of what we what came to be called like new metal. Yeah. With you know, Nookie and break stuff and, and a bunch of hit singles around the turn of the century. Limp Biscuit was either on every tour or they knew or were with a band <laughs> that was on every tour at that time. They were just everywhere. And and honestly, like I actually had the chance to see them live way back in 2003, four, 2003, I think with the summer sanitarium two concert. <laughs> and they blew my mind how awesome they were live. I got to see them without West Borland and they were still phenomenal fred has always been one hell of a, a front man and you know he's not always been the greatest lyricist i, I we'll, we'll get to that later <laughs> we'll get there but uh you know I, i've always had mad respect for his stage presence he's he's a great artist uh 
and and a, and a phenomenal uh, performer. Mm-hmm. There's something there's something I've heard people wrestlers talk about a lot, which is this idea that they don't necessarily care whether you love them or hate them, so long as you react in some way or another. Right. And Fred Durst is like the, the musical king of that, <laughs> the rock pinnacle of that kind of thing to me. Of yeah, he really you're, is. You're gonna you're gonna have feelings about that man. It might vary what they are, but you're going to have some. And he calls attention to that in one specific track in this uh, yeah. album. He calls attention to that in one particular term that he uses <laughs> all the time, which we'll, we'll definitely get to. But yeah, so they <laughs> these guys were on top of the world as of 2000, 2001. They released an album called Results May Vary in 2003 that, that kind of really started to drop off. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they weren't entirely quiet, but they weren't. They never really were the same after that. There was a time (laughs) period without Wes. Yeah, and then they released Gold Cobra that just bombed. That was awful. People hated it, and they were pretty much laughed out of the rock industry at that point. So they did did an EP after Results May Vary uh, called The Unquestionable Truth. Yeah, that was terrible, too. Part one, and this was their attempt to like... Part one. Part one, yeah. They were originally going to be a two, (laughs) as you know, that doesn't always happen. But they were trying to be taken more seriously. And nobody was buying it. And so in 2011, they put out Gold Cobra. And by that point, people were just over them. Like, yeah, they weren't yeah. buying them as serious, but they also didn't care to hear them as they used to be anymore. So put it this way. Results may vary. This is this is pure Wikipedia, so it might not be the most. Reliable it's, probably not the most it's probably not the most up to date numbers, but it, no matter what the numbers are, it still is significant. Results may vary still sold a million albums in the U.S., uh, Gold Cobra. I'm yeah. gonna estimate that it hasn't even <laughs> didn't even hit a hundred thousand. Yeah, right. Sales. Right. And so they've they've largely been silent for the past decade. They would release a song here or there, and there would be like rumors that they were working on something. People would ask and get conflicting reports from people. So they kind of just been nothing for a while now. Well, the rumor is that that Fred is kind of a perfectionist when it comes to his yeah. songs, and so that he's been just kind of taking forever to get them release or where he's accepts them they had a little bit of a chinese democracy situation going on there yeah. for years they've been saying they're going to release this album called stampede of the disco elephants and it has yet to be um i don't know if still sucks is that album renamed or if it's a completely new thing <laughs> they yeah. haven't they haven't given that information yet but either way i think the itch at least is and probably seems like a lot of other people are pretty glad that this is here yeah yeah, I mean, I I'll give him props for for releasing this album and still sounding like himself, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and he's you described this, you said this word to describe their music, um, but I think that you can also describe it about Fred himself. But he's unapologetic about himself, like he doesn't care. Yeah, and I respect the hell out of that because that's how I aim to be. Um, because there's like a song on here that <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs called "Love the Hate." Yeah. And yeah. the whole purpose of the song is basically they're they're trash talking Limp Biscuit and he just you know he calls them a Fred ache and, and all this other there's all, it's just <laughs> yeah. hilarious terms. And that's one thing I will say is that some of my favorite tracks by Limp Biscuit or by Fred Durst are him smack talking, like all in the family with corn. Great track. But yeah, so with Love the Hate, you know, it, they're basically the whole I mean the, the verse of the song is perfect because it just says says something along the lines of um so the chorus is jokes on you you miss one clue we don't give a fuck from what i see you always do 
Yeah. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about the concept of, of that, because I always feel like when I hear somebody say, you know, I I don't care about the haters or the haters fuel me or whatever. I'm like, I feel like you do care because I feel like someone who doesn't care wouldn't bother addressing it at all. Who truly doesn't care. It wouldn't matter enough to speak to. However, kind of. you can go kind on counterpoint these, that if you guys want, and then, these then we'll go back to love and hate. Provoke people like that, though, too. Right, right. And yeah. So if that's, you really wanted to get a, a spark out of them and just to piss people off, that's what you're going to do. I, I've true. always felt that that Fred was more shit disturber than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but in a in a good way, though, not like right, an Axel right. Rose shit disturber. Right. Like right, he's, right. A, he's, you know, in a, in a good way. Yeah. At this point, I genuinely do do believe that he doesn't care what people think, because why? Why should he? It's been for it's been over a decade. I mean, not even I'm not saying this in even an insulting way, but it's been over a decade since they mattered. And yeah. so yeah. like like nobody's really talking about them anymore until now. And mostly the things they're saying now are actually kind of positive. So like right. and he's already addressed his haters a thousand times on those earlier albums. So like love the hate is 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 I found it very clever. It, it just to, to go on what Dan was saying. It's a conversation uh, back and forth between these two guys just talking about how terrible Limp Bizkit and Fred Durst himself as one of the guys being Fred. It was yes. talking. Yes. And then as the song goes on, it takes a little bit of, of a twist, but uh, it's probably the most fun track on the album to me. And that's saying something because there's some pretty fun tracks on here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it starts off right off the gate with that original Limp Bizkit sound. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing I loved about this album is like you hear out of style, which I think is that's the funny thing is that they've been kind of playing a couple of different songs as the singles off this album. Um, I've heard that Dirty Rotten Biscuits getting airplay on a couple of places. Uh, but yeah, right off the bat, out of style, like it just hits you with that pure Wes guitar line. And I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's just a great way. And one of the things I actually really, really, truly appreciate about this album is that, you know, maybe it is he did take a long time to write it and put it together. But I think that the lyrics show like it's not repetitive. Like that was one thing I've always hated about his lyrics is that he, he just repeats the same freaking word over and over and over and over again. And I don't feel like that is the case on this album at all. I feel like so far anyway, what these guys are going for is they sort of reenter the music world is sort of a less is more thing. Yeah. Where like like if you go back and listen to Gold Cobra, it's like an hour long. And it just feels bloated and repetitive, like you're saying. This one, the whole album is 12 tracks. It's 32 minutes. Most of these songs are literally about two minutes long. <laughs> and so it's almost like a Slip Biscuit sampler. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it doesn't stay around long enough for you to get super annoyed by it. Right. <laughs> at the same time, like, I think that some of the songs I would I would appreciate just maybe another minute, like, you know, because they either have like a really good guitar line or just a right. good breakdown or a good chorus or something. And it's just I like agree. you want a little bit more of it. But I get it at the same time. Like, you know, I think they have found their niche right between th- uh, two to three minutes. But yeah, I would like the 312, like right around like that's, you know, my <laughs> ideal. <laughs> that's what you get with out of style it's it's actually like the second longest track it's maybe the longest track on the album no if, if you don't count if you don't count track 11 which is one of my other favorites for for the ending a different reason <laughs> i have to i have to say uh, so we're going to talk about track 11 that you're going to go into snacky poo snacky poo I feel like this is a personal attack against us as podcasters. I know I did. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> felt attacked. Definitely felt attacked by that track. I was like, so what if I'm trying to get another like Fred? Damn it, you are too. Yeah. Well, and then to throw in uh, yet another reason to 
ch- talk about buttholes. <laughs> well, can we? Okay, well, let's start with that. We, uh, wait, we got to describe what we're talking about here. So, so Snacky Poo is the song. That's the one where he re- references the chocolate starfish again. Is again. that the one? Yep. Okay. Well, well, we'll go work backwards then. Snacky Poo ends with about a minute long audio clip that is some schmuck doing an interview with West Borland. <laughs> and it's hilarious. The greatest fucking interview It's ever. a great interview. It's like three questions long. All of them are like, I've heard your favorite foods are this, this, and this. Is that yeah. true? And Wes is clearly super perturbed. And he's just like, yeah. Yep. And, and clearly they're making fun of, you know, kind of this, you know, and everybody being able to get in on this and everybody wanting to talk, you know, to people but also not having anything really to say uh <laughs> and so I-, I would like to think that we're not like that when we do interviews but man i, I-, I heard that and i was like oh no <laughs> i can <laughs> i can say i've listened to a few a few podcast interviews that were pretty close to that yes yeah, it's true <laughs> I agree. yeah but it was great it was a fantastic bit of comedy that they snuck in there <laughs> Well, and like even the the lyrics though on uh, on Snacky Poo on Snacky Poo are really kind of directed. I mean, it's more so at like you know people that are are just trying to give them hate, I guess, everywhere. But he's like, everybody got a mic, chasing all they can to get another like. I don't yep. need them, another motherfucker in my life looking at my life. Give me a like. <laughs> I need a Snacky Poo. <laughs> I need a Snacky Poo. <laughs> I need to start kissing buttholes. Right. Well, so so yeah, let's talk about that. So, back in 2000, this band released the worst named album of all time. Shout out to our friends from Patio Slave who brought this to my attention, unfortunately. Again. Um, in a recent episode, I was trying to forget that that album existed. But then this album came out, and then they talk about it. And So, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Chocolate Starfish being a reference to a certain body part. And and Fred's... um. Ed's insistence that people who don't like him should should kiss that body part. And so that's kind of what that is. I thought that the whole chocolate starfish thing was dead. And then came Snacky Poo. And he had to bring it back. Because he won't let it go. <laughs> At least the hot dog flavored water wasn't involved this time. I'm just glad that the Nookie wasn't part of this. There's no, there no Nookie in this one. Hot dog flavored water, that part I don't mind as much because it reminds me of Arrested Development, (laughs) where there was an episode where they served people hot ham water. (laughs) And and every time I think of that, that's what I think of. So, (laughs) so yeah, I don't I don't want anything to do with Fred and the and the chocolate on the starfish and the snacky poo or the snacky poo snacky poo for you. (laughs) I think one of my favorites is still like. So this album, 12 tracks, we mentioned some of them are kind of comedic. Some of them are heavier. They did do a couple of little ballads. They got an NXS cover in the middle of this album. Yeah. So how about that? <laughs> I mean, it was great, too, because like they didn't drop their name in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Like there was no L.I.M.P. Discover. Discover. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it. it some of them acoustic ballads in the middle of there. Yeah, and honestly, the, the album finishes with a great, great track, too. Uh, just a fantastic fucking album finale called Goodbye. 
he really shows off that he can sing too. And this was just a really, really pretty song and just a great way to end the, the album. You know, I can, I can agree with that. I think in the past when I've heard Fred Durst try to do ballads, like he caught a lot of flack for doing behind blue eyes. Um, yeah. Because people, for one, people just didn't like it that much. And for two, people weren't sympathetic. He wasn't sympathetic. Like he was trying right. to, you know, what else knows what it's like to be the bad guy. We're like, well, you, you, you act like a turd all the time. That's why. <laughs> like, stop doing that. Like, <laughs> he's staying well and rearranged. I think that's one of yeah. his best ballads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, that yeah, too. yeah. But I think, but I agree that, that goodbye, and I don't even know if I call goodbye a ballad so much as it's just a, a lighter track. Melodic. Yeah. Yeah. It, but he sings well in it. I mean, the man, the man does have that talent. He did a lot of those in this on this album, which I appreciated. Um, the other thing that we have to call attention to is uh, track six. You bring out the worst in me mm-hmm. where he talks about it's Halloween. It's like, oh, yeah, it is Halloween when you release this album. Nah, clever. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like it had like a Halloween theme or anything. There was no, really no reason for it to be released on Halloween other than just to be different. But. The one thing I, I have to say is um, the, it, it it dad vibes brings a whole new meaning when you're pulling up to your your child's preschool. <laughs> <laughs> blasting it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think dad uh, vibes still might be my favorite track. I just think that beat is fantastic. Well, and the chorus is hilarious. Like, Because <laughs> it's like. The reason why I think it's so funny is because it, it even sounds like an old man trying to be cool with this yeah. lyrics, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> like Cause he uses all like the modern slang in that. song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that That's why I, I, it really just cracks me up. Like every time I hear it, I'm always just I, I have I have to laugh. I already know the chorus by heart. Like this is just it's just so funny. <laughs> Uh, he's talking about a drip and then dropping an old and a good old Lottie da as he does. Yep. Yeah. Lottie <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this album, like I said, it, it's it, they do a good job of not wearing out their welcome by keeping it short. And in within that, they also do a good job of mixing, moving in and out of the various kind of sounds that they have from those those Borland riffs to the to the hip hop beats to the more acoustic kind of sounds um, from the comedic to the slightly more serious. I don't know. If, Maybe on Pill Popper. I don't know how serious they really get on this album, but I think Pill Popper's got a, a good message behind it. Um, you know, just of what everybody is dealing with or what our number one problem is or one of our ma- major problems in this country. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fine with hearing him address that because I think that that's something that needs to be addressed. So, yeah, so I, I have to admit, like, you know, for one, <laughs> Uh, when the album came out, I was, you know, everybody is, oh, hey, Limp Bizkit's got a new album coming out. And you're like, okay, I knew Dad Vibes was going to be on. I was curious if it was going to be any good. And then seeing the album title called Still Sucks, <laughs> like, I, for, I just started laughing my ass off. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, I, I got to give it a listen now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved on our text chain, you're like, Limp Biscuit, send. Still sucks. Still send. Sucks. <laughs> it's a great album. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to throw this one out to you because I know the itch likes to theorize about stuff sometimes. Um, you know, it's been on record. Yeah, that we've they've been supposedly working on this album forever. And Fred's being a perfectionist about stuff and he's not going to put out till he's got it just right. Do you think this is that album? And they finally 
got to where he was happy with it? Or do you think that they put that aside and just spend a couple months being like, let's just have fun and and just like, you know, not worry about the perfectionist so much? Because half, I think it's half and half. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think with the pandemic, it kind of changed everything. So probably quarantining and doing everything else uh, got some uh, creative juices going more than anything. So, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that they they played this whole situation out very well because, you know, they, mm-hmm. they came back. They they played to their strong suit, which was playing live. They played on one of the biggest concerts, you know, coming back that they could possibly play on um, and, and obviously made a huge, huge impact because we yeah. talked about them before. Yeah. And so, you know, and then not only that, so they did, you know, they reintroduced themselves live. Then they capitalized on, on their, you know, live popularity with dropping an album that was just really great. I, I almost think that maybe they were sitting on this waiting for that performance to go out. That's certainly possible. They they were kind of testing the waters a little bit and and everything comes back around, which I think is interesting. You know, there was a time when they were the one of the biggest rock bands, I would even say in the world for a minute for Good a couple of years, probably. And then there was a time where they were pretty much a punchline. And then there was a time where, you know, nobody really cared at all. And so after they've worn off that, then it kind of comes back to the point where you start to maybe kind of miss somebody a little bit. So then whenever they showed up out of nowhere, people are like, hey, man, it's Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Remember them? That's kind of cool. And then <laughs> and then it's good. And you're like, hmm, OK, <laughs> maybe maybe it's time to give these guys another chance. And so, yeah, I'll be honest, like you liking the album definitely surprised the hell out of me. Uh, I didn't know you were a Biscuit fan. At I was all, probably to be honest. A, I was probably an anti Limp Biscuit person at the time when they were originally out. <laughs> he and, and some of those faults still exist. Like sometimes he's just so profane. Yeah. And I just like like I I. I'm not like a, I don't know what the word is like crazy stodgy, but there's a point where it just gets annoying. I and, agree. Uh, but and I don't think he leans into that nearly as much on this album, although he most does, of the yeah. tracks, most of the tracks do have an explicit lyrics thing, but um, I don't think it's crazy over the top. No. And then it is just fun. It's just a fun sound. Like, I don't know. I just love how they embrace what they are. Like, right. You know, yeah. To me, it's 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 vindicating, like, mm-hmm. you know, because I was a huge fan of them. I, you know, I, I fell off. I'm not going to lie. I was not a huge fan of the truth and, and Gold Cobra. I, I you no. know, I'd not. Uh, we, but, but we still played them on our show and stuff like I, I, Boiler was one of the most song, played songs that like I, I had. Like, I loved that damn song. Yeah. Know? And so, yeah, it's it's just it's it's vindicating for me for them to come back and, and be relevant again. And I can, you know, I can not be a closet Limp Bizkit fan. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> you can be an open Limp Bizkit fan again. Yeah. Let's go with it. I think that's, that's great. That makes total sense. Yeah. Some other artists that I, I miss, you know, I wish would come back like some Everlast, you know, we know you're <laughs> out there, man. Make we some music. We're going to find you. We know how, we need to know how you were getting by in uh, 2020. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Now's the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. You know, we kind of mentioned that earlier with, uh, you know, I think now's the time. Limp Bizkit chose their time very wisely. Rap rock or, you know, hip hop metal or whatever you want to call it is making a huge comeback. There's a lot of bands out there like From Ashes to New, Fire from the Gods, Fever 333 that are, are just making a name for themselves. And, you know, a lot of other artists, too. Like we uh, mentioned High Road the Hero when we were talking about All Good Things. He made a, a, a track with them on their album. 
and he's got an album that he just put out or EP, I guess you would call it mixtape, whatever you want to call it. A mixtape. Yeah. It's mixtape. really just it's just five singles, largely. But yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess we're called he called it a mixtape. But, but they all have they all have features on them though, so that's yes, uh, like really yeah. kind of a murderer's row of rock vocalists. Yeah. So we got five tracks on on Hiro the Heroes uh, mixtape. We're we're kind of sticking into this rap rock conversation here. We're gonna we're gonna go down a couple of different rabbit holes. One of them features AJ from Fire from the Gods, who you just mentioned. Another one features Brandon of Atreyu, who just had an album this year as well. Uh, the third one has Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, who also just had a new album. Then there's one with Chad Gray um, of Hell Yeah and Mudvayne. And then they, he started this whole thing with a track with David Draymond of Disturbed. So those are some like pretty heavy hitters in the rock world. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and this dude seems to have their respect and them his. Hiro to me is quickly uh, reaching the upper echelon of the like chameleon rapper that mm. can be thrown on any rock track and the rock bands want him on their song <laughs> yeah yeah he knows what he's doing you know he knows where he fits in or, or just yeah he can fit in anywhere yeah like you said he's chameleon like he just he knows yeah. what he's doing he, he he plays well with whoever um he's playing with and it doesn't matter what type of music they do and they could be screaming and and or singing melodically and, and he just knows his part and what's going to work best with with whatever they're doing and to kind of add to what you're saying over the past few years among a number of others he's done collaborations appearing on other people's albums yeah with hollywood undead we talked about new empire last year mm-hmm. their releases uh he's he's on that all good things album that came out this year called a hope in hell he was even on Ju- uh, fozzy's judas album which is <laughs> a few years back yeah um, and that's just a few if you look at him up the guys the guy's been around and, and like you mentioned he is he is wanted he seems to be a commodity he's appeared with asking alexandria uh and a few others wilson <laughs> how about that one yeah, did not know that actually. <laughs> Remember Wilson? Yeah, there's a, yeah, a song, yeah. song in 2018 that had it featured Hiro. Hmm. Interesting. Another thing that I find interesting with this uh, EP in general is there's only one track that's explicit in the whole thing. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> and that's well, yeah. When that one's that's pretty the, explicit. That's, <laughs> that's the track with the, in the name. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the track the track is called fu2 as in the two letters and the number and you can guess what that means very easily <laughs> very easily <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what that means can you please explain it <laughs> i can't there, there might be kids present uh, by the way this mixtape is called kids against the monsters we did not clarify that earlier yeah it, but you know what's funny is like i think the only place you can find it is on like apple music or something because i or spotify I yeah the hardest time trying to find it it seems that the singles probably are all just like mostly individually released that's why i kind of yeah. call it it's more like a loose collection of what you got here but yeah so i i want to talk about one of the you know a couple of the tracks but the one featuring david draymond i had like the highest hopes for this song um, just because you have like the, you know, the future rock hall of famer, David Draymond, one of the greatest vocals of, of, of rock music right now. And like, I just felt like he was underutilized in this song. <laughs> he would, he like, it, don't get me wrong. The Hiro does a great job and, and carries the song very well. Yeah. But I feel like because of that, 
David Draymond is is literally just a backup singer in this uh, on this song. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, when Michael Jackson was on the Rockwell song with uh, <laughs> somebody's watching me. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth noting here as we talk about Hyrule the Hero that he's not just a rapper, but He's I mean, his style is pretty aggressive. Like there's it's kind of a yelly rap a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. he also does sing sometimes in his own tracks, which is cool. I like I like when people can mix and match vocal styles amongst, you know, their own work. Yeah, and he's got a great voice. That song with with David Draymond, we believe shows off his vocal prowess. Yeah, he has a voice that works. Yeah, <laughs> if I could if I could compare him to anybody, it would be Yellow Wolf. But mm-hmm. um, you can. I mean, I'm not saying that he sounds like him at all, but that would be a, a comparison. Yeah. I was going to say, he's definitely more screamy in your face than Yellow yes. Wolf. Like, yes. I, 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 I feel like Hiro the Hero would be one of the greatest live shows just because he is so energetic on his music. Like, I can only imagine how energetic he would be live. Right. Yeah. That would be a fun show. Yeah. I want to note, you know, to, to touch again on what we were talking about him being sort of a chameleon in the rock world. Like he's the hyro has been around for a while. He's not a new guy. Yeah. He's been around since for over a decade and his debut album, like it had, it had people on it that were from at the drive-in a band called blood brothers. Like he's toured with like hardcore bands. He's kind of, he really runs like the gamut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's also, you know, he's toured with like form with like the Wu-Tang clan. and and so he's kind of he really blends into a lot of places and i think he's got a home in a lot of different places in music and that's that's really kind of cool um and he seems to have really earned the respect of people he's been on warped tours which is mostly a punk thing you know wow i didn't know he's been around since warp tour was a thing yeah he, he was on warp tour uh 2012 wow and so yeah and so i like he's been so basically he's been putting in the work like there's no doubt like, yeah. he's just now kind of getting the fame. He's been around for that long. That's very impressive. That's a good way to put it. He's definitely been putting in the work. He had a charting uh, mainstream rock song a few years back. It was called Bullet. Uh, and, yeah. and so, you know, I am hoping that this is a guy on the rise. Um, it seems like he is. And definitely, you know, rubbing elbows or whatever with those names that we just mentioned can't hurt. So, so do we want to kind of touch on some of the tracks singularly a little bit, or do you want to? Wanted to ask you, did you have a favorite collaboration on this album? Hmm. Uh, I outside of the David Draymond one, I think the Spencer Tarnas one was really good. The I I like the one with Brandon from Atreyu, but it almost felt like it was two or three different songs kind of spliced together. It was kind of hmm. weird yeah, in that way to me. My favorite was the FQ two featuring AJ Channer because I just felt that his and Hyro's voice worked really, really well together. Yeah. Um, and it just, it sounded really, really good. They kind of have different styles to offset each other too. And that's so like, true. The, the, I think that's one reason why I really like that song. Cause like their voices in the chorus just really worked together. Yeah. I could, I could agree with that one. I think of all the, of all the mixes there, that's the one that, that sounds the most fluid. None of them are like bad combinations, but I think no. that one is the, the, the most natural sounding combination of voices. 
yeah you know while we're at it we've we touched we started with Limp Bizkit we moved on to High Row here um uh, we kind of wanted to touch on a couple of other more recent artists that I, I mean I can't verify yeah these guys are clearly influenced by Limp Bizkit per se probably or at least some Limp Bizkit adjacent bands but they're definitely <laughs> bands that are sort of um bringing a new generation into this whole idea of rap and rock merging. And um, another one is, is, is this kind of alternative hip hop group called oxymorons with two R's that we've discovered. They released, they just released an EP called Mohawks and do rags, which is a fantastic title, um, <laughs> yes. which features some bizarre album art. Mind you, it's like a giant <laughs> pair of teeth destroying a city that's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm and, seeing anyway. And not not just destroying a, a city, but like looks like eating the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's eating the Statue of Liberty or something. So <laughs> speaking of collaborations, this one's a pretty cool one. These guys are from New York. They are on the 333 Records crew, which means that they are they're buddied up with Fever 333. And, and Jason Allen Butler definitely makes an appearance on a track here. That makes sense too, because that song is <clears throat> is totally a Fever three thirty three guitar line too. <laughs> it's called Definition, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great song. It's I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I'm almost positive the guitar line and Definition is the same as Wrong Generation. Yeah, from Fever three thirty three. Now I've got something to look up after this. <laughs> I'm 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 ninety nine percent positive it is the same damn guitar line. Just, <laughs> they just they just use it in different ways. Like it's it's not as prominent in definition as it is in wrong generation but yeah so these guys are some some more people who have kind of had some uh they've had a couple collaborations here and a couple of interesting um i don't know if it's tours but they've, they've appeared well and one of the ways that we found out about them is because they're, they're going to be on Shiprocked, and so i was intrigued i've been looking up every band that's on Shiprock, trying to find out more about them so i can when the schedule is posted i can figure out what the hell i'm going to be doing yeah um and so this is one band that just intrigued me because I the the first two tracks that they released of their singles were Justice and Green Vision and and those are really good songs. I, like, I love those tracks. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean t- to not know anything about a band and just hear Justice and Green Vision, like I got excited. I was I was I've been waiting for something more from this band, and they didn't disappoint. There's no doubt. Like this uh, one thing. My I the only thing that disappointed me is that it was it's like six tracks like that yeah, yeah. It's seven tracks but one of them is not a is yeah not one of them is not a song. song yeah it's an ep it's it's good it makes you want more just like that short the short tracks on that biscuit album exactly but when i go see them live like they're gonna have six tracks to play and that's it like it's gonna be a 15 minute set no, no they got they got around. other tracks they've been around before that okay they got other well, tracks you'll find some stuff there's actually one. there's actually <laughs> i sent aaron a text today actually um there's a track uh what's my name what came out in 2017 and I'm pretty sure in the song they reference uh, a WWE wrestler, William Regal, in the song. And that's pretty entertaining to me. Anybody, <laughs> anybody who name drops <laughs> William Regal is all right in my book. <laughs> yeah. I want to draw attention to a couple of things. For one, as as St. Louisians, we can appreciate track six on this EP, which is the ghost of Chuck Berry. So that's Yo- that's fun. Just to top that off, to make it even like crazier, 
the first time I heard this fucking song, I was in Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. That's where awesome. there is a giant Chuck Berry statue out in front of Blueberry <laughs> Hill, because that's where he was famous for playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't spoil these ones per se, but for anybody listening, go just Google search the covers for the singles uh, Green Vision and Justice. You will find both of them to be very familiar, the art that they use on them and what it looks like. And I find it very entertaining. So that's just a, a teaser. Well, I'm not going to go any further on it. One you guys quick, probably are. But <laughs> one quick thing to note. Um, so we, we referenced the Hyro uh, EP having one song that had explicits. Well, this only has one song that doesn't have explicits. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that is Justice, which in itself is still a very intense song. Yeah. Dealing with, dealing with weighty things. Yes. Yeah. Green Vision to me just slaps you in the face like <laughs> nonstop. Of all the rap rock groups, this is definitely more on the rock side than the than the rap side. <laughs> I was telling Casey before we started recording, Green Vision by Oxymorons reminds me of a track from that like POD would have done about 15, 20 years ago. It has a very similar like sunny vocal style. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not complaining about that by any means. It's another one of those artists that you can tell was influenced by music from that that era, among much, much other music as well. Like we mm-hmm. said, there is a song that literally mentions Chuck Berry in the title, so you've got to factor that kind of thing in there. There's also a skit in the middle of this. Yeah, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to emphasize how short this whole thing is. But yeah, uh, and they they definitely uh, emphasize that they're from New York. They yeah. <laughs> Cool thing about oxymorons, uh, the the vocalists are brothers, and I oh. like I like family bands. Nice, yeah. So there's 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 uh, two vocalists, and then they have a drummer, and then they have uh, a guy who I think kind of handles most of the other stuff, <laughs> their guitar and bass and whatnot. And so um, these guys are pretty cool. I, I like that title. It's a little bit you know oxymorons. Um, adding the the two R's is is interesting. Um, I don't know if that I don't know if that makes it more of a joke. That, well, it helps them separate their name from like other stuff. That's for sure. I'm sure it helps with Google search results. Search yeah. engine optimization is very important in a band. <laughs> try try to look up music by the band Brand New sometime. <laughs> it is not, not impossible brand new music you will find all sorts of brand new music but maybe not from brand new it is very difficult <laughs> so kudos to adding that second R in there I'm sure that helps with the SEO <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys live at Shiprocked and another kind of you know, it's really funny because there's three super heavy themes of ship rock. I've noticed this year there's there's like the metal bands like your um, your seven dust, your non point. There's a spirit box. There's some very heavy, heavy bands on there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of rap rock bands like, you know, we just mentioned Oxymorons. There's from Ashes to New. There's also a new up and coming artist by the name of Zero Nine Thirty Six that's going to be on there. And I'm intrigued because he had an album come out earlier this year. That is really, really good. I, I, I had no expectations, I guess, when I was listening to this because we we saw them live earlier this year, 
and there he was good. You know, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like something that I had to like go out and get the album right away. I mean, granted, we didn't see them for their entire set. We only saw a, a brief set, a part of their set, but it was it just was a not nothing over the top, you know. Well, it's it's funny you say that we we saw a brief part of their set, but I'm pretty sure we saw basically the entire uh, EP, pretty much more or less. Yeah, yeah I, did, <laughs> I I do remember hearing most of these songs. <laughs> so this EP came out this year. It's called "If You Don't Save Yourself." Well, it's it's. Spotify is classifying it as an album. The line between what's an album, what's an EP is super blurry. It barely matters, I guess. Yeah. You put out a release. It's got eight tracks on it, including and, one of which is a yeah. is a, a second a version duplicate. of a different track um, <laughs> that, that features the additional vocals from Hollywood Undead. And um, these all have explicit stickers on them. They do. Yes. <laughs> this man. Uh, he's an intense dude and a very angry dude. Yes. And, and, I, hope, yes. and I hope he's okay. um i'm curious did any of you guys in in your listening or any research or anything come across why he has this name what the 936 is i do not know no usually on rare occasions when i see a band with something like that in their name it's it's usually a bible verse thing if the only other thing i could think of that would make sense is it's a time but I, but I have yeah. no, I have nothing that suggests that it is either of those things. So I'm very curious of what in the world this guy's name is about. He was originally just zero. Yeah, and he added on the the nine thirty six later. Well, and he even makes it more complicated with the first track with uh, the I I times two, so two times two, uh, two times two, yeah. <laughs> Roman numeral two times spelled out word two. Yep, uh, bro zero. <laughs> <laughs> and and it doesn't help that it's also a uh, lower i i lowercase yeah. yes that that drove that drove me nuts <laughs> i was like no my ocd can't handle it and yet another uh reference to a wrestler in uh diamond dallas page in the song he does do that yeah <laughs> i, <laughs> I want to note for zero he, he definitely has um of the artists we've discussed here i would say well hyro can be kind of intense but zero sort of a different level of like pain going on i feel like in what he's singing about yeah he also has a pretty fast flow sometimes like that that first track you mentioned it, it, his vocals reminded me of of some of like eminem's like angrier yes. sides yes um, it's it's similar to that yes and then you go to the second track, which is called The End. And, um, you know, this is not necessarily a Limp Biscuit influence per se, although I definitely could see a little bit of that. That's another one of those tracks to me where I'm like, you definitely listen to Hybrid Theory a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, The End is very yeah. much a Lincoln, an early Linkin Park song. Um, well, they have a, a song called The End. Or in the right, End. In so. the End, right. And that, yeah. that helps, too. Musically... Uh, this one is is I think more of a. I'm listening to it right now. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. It definitely has that same guitar kind of sound that Link Lincoln Park used on those first couple albums, and not all the tracks do, but you can definitely see hear some of that influence from that like turn of the century rap rock going on. Yeah, because the track after that is called Adrenaline. He moves into sort of a ballad, and you know, the, okay, so I like that song, but at the same time, like that's one of the singles that's been released off this album and it has been overplayed really yeah and you know it's sad because like i think that there's much much better songs off this album. like if i was going to release a single my choice would have been take me instead 
because I, I personally think that's the best song on the album other than like the Hollywood Undead, the end version. But um, yeah, I, I was a huge fan of Take Me Instead. And I think that that's a much better uh, summary or kind of a, a example of what he truly sounds like as opposed to Adrenaline. Yeah, that's fair. I also have to make note, we've talked a lot about collaborations in this episode, which are very common in, in hip hop historically, and now are becoming more and more, I think I would say common in rock music as well. And there's a man who is, is not Jacoby Shaddix, but who appears on everybody's tracks, and he makes an appearance on this album as well. He does. And uh, that is one Travis Barker shows up on track six called In My Hands. Which, you know, it's, it's funny because <laughs> like at this point, you couldn't even tell it's him. You know, no, you can't. <laughs> it's not even worth it. You're just getting his name. He he doesn't even have to be on the damn album. Just slap his name on it. And you're just like, oh, I was on there. I promise. I promise. I'm totally the drummer in that song. I can agree with that. You can usually, usually, I feel like I can tell. I'm like, oh, that's definitely a Travis Barker, you know, drum going on. Well, in this one, you're right. No, not not that much, really. Well, and I bring that up because like he just was on a song with Grandson and Kesha. And it's like. I, I don't hear what he did differently with that song. It's it's a song that they released off of uh, off of the uh, last grandson album that they just redid with Kesha and, and Travis Barker. And it's like, I, I don't you didn't do anything, Travis. Like what you're <laughs> literally just putting your fucking name on things now. <laughs> I drummed the same drums. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they could literally do it and he could still get away with it. Like, hey, just like the same drum beat from the original one. and. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly the same. There's a little bit of like a kind of a marching beat kind of drum in the in the breakdown, but that's literally that's all that's different. Like that's yeah. it, it's just a little bit of a, a marching beat breakdown. And that's it. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I do I, I like the song that he's on on this on this uh, album called in, in My Hands, but I don't think that he adds anything to it like I just, yeah I mean, maybe he did maybe he and see maybe that's it too is that we don't actually see the writing process that he's doing with the artists to come together with these songs because maybe he's like putting the whole thing together we just don't know that or helping put the whole thing together anyway yeah but i really I, I don't couldn't know. tell just, you seem, yeah I agree. other than this is a, a talented guy that that also probably is you know kind of on the way up in this this rock world yeah, the album is great. Like I, I, I was truly blown away at how good this album was. I was not expecting that. And I mean, every single song is just really good. There's some really good melodic songs. And then I have to say that, um, you know, we had mentioned to the uh, lead singer of All Good Things, like, the, you know, they they felt pretty blessed to have both J3T and Charlie Scene on their song. Somehow, zero he got Charlie Scene, J3T, and Funny Man. He got the fucking Funny Man on his, on his album. I don't know how, but man, it, it's and it's it's great. I love his verse that he throws down. It's fucking awesome. Like Funny Man is so good when he when he throws it down. Like he's just so smooth. He's got that low voice. It just, it just works on this song, and that's I, that's one reason why I absolutely love that because you get to hear a verse from Charlie, a verse from J3T, a verse from Funny Man, and a verse from Zero as well as he finishes the song off. Yeah, that's very cool. in, in that order too, by the way. So if you weren't sure who's who, that I just I just cleared it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the edge is here for to clear things up for you about you which just members of Hollywood I'm dead you're hearing. Yeah. Yep. Or you can just watch music. Or you can just watch the music video. <laughs> Don't give away our trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can still identify them without without the music video. I that's without one the thing mask. that like, 
Yeah, I, like I know my members of Hollywood Undead and what they sound like. <laughs> it's funny though because now, so every member of Hollywood Undead except J Dog has been on, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Maybe I could be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, J Dog is the only one that from Hollywood Undead that's not appeared on an album. And it's it's kind of funny too because I, I feel like he's the most generic person on that band. So. <laughs> It makes sense to not have him. On maybe nobody wants J Dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or maybe or the label. Yeah, the label's like, hey, can we get a the band's like, can we get a collaboration with Hollywood Undead? And and the and the label's like, J Dog's available. And the band's like, ah, oh, never mind. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's I mean, busy. A, Johnny's busy. Yeah, he's a great rapper. He's got out. some great flow, but he's just a generic type of rapper, in my opinion. I just that's how I always felt about J Dog. Deuce is available. Deuce is always available. <laughs> Ever since he got dropped, he's always available. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't believe this has turned into a Hollywood Undead thing. I yeah. mean, although if we're talking about a next generation of rap rockers, there you go. Like those are guys I mean, yeah. that are very clearly you know, could qualify for that Limp Biscuit influence kind of thing. Yeah, and they they yeah, you're right. They they kind of came out of the wake of of them when when Limp Biscuit went out in flames. You know, that's where Hollywood Undead rose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I think we can wrap it up with one more kind of just touching on something here. And Dan had mentioned Everlast earlier, and and he had also introduced us earlier, Casey and I, to a a dude who who falls into a similar category of being a rapper who definitely has like a southern flair to him. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know how, um, but I, on 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 Facebook, like I, I don't like Facebook at all, uh, but I'm still on it because of you know you gotta you gotta stay connected, right? Yeah. So. I don't know how, but I've ended up in like all these group chats uh, that I don't even know. Like maybe just somehow accept. I don't even know. But so I'm like in like a serious XM radio chat that I don't even have. I don't even have serious XM. I'm just, I'm just in their chat talking about music with people. I don't care. Uh, but anyway, so like uh, that's where I'm getting a lot of information because all these people talk about the bands that they're hearing and, and they bitch about songs. Well, there's a lot of people bitching about this guy named Jelly Roll. Um, and cause you know, he's, they, their song, they basically said that his sound didn't sound or <clears throat> they were basically saying that his song didn't fit the format of the station that they were enjoying or that they were talking about. And so I, I, I was intrigued. It's like, what are they talking about? Who is jelly roll? Like, that's just an interesting name for an artist. And so <laughs> I listened to it. Um, the, I, and I, I, it's really weird. Cause I didn't know this. Aaron pulled up his, uh, his Wikipedia. The dude is a workhorse like he is prolific he uh he uh put, <laughs> he puts out albums a week all right like <laughs> this dude's got more discography than i can dream of so he's he's particularly i was looking into this a little more because i was trying to figure out the whole deal he's he's sort of seems to be part of this group not necessarily like an official group but he does a ton of collaborations including entire album collaborations with a series of other rappers who almost entirely are also from Tennessee, where he's from. There's a guy named Lil White. There's Struggle Jennings, the, what do we call him? The step-grandson of Waylon or something Waylon, like that. Waylon. Yeah. yeah, a guy named Ryan Upchurch. Um, and he's also done some collabs with Tech 9 the legendary Tech 9 who is not from Tennessee, but nonetheless. Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. Kansas City. Um, so I actually got turned on to an album called Self Medicaid that was released over an hour, uh, over a year ago, October 6th, over an hour 2020. ago. Yeah, over an hour ago. <laughs> That's, just he's got a hour. new one coming out in a couple hours. This yeah, one was released a couple hours it. ago. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't doubt it. He's got like 20 <laughs> albums and 
five years. So sorry, you could say that. you could say that again. I just that was too funny not to pass up. <laughs> no, it's funny. You can keep it. Yeah, we're keeping it. Um, and, and like it, it, the album blew me away. Like it's really good. That's very melodic. He's got some good rap. Uh, some good, uh, good flows. Rhythm Rhythms? flows. Yes. Okay. And uh, it, it's it's just a really good album. And I didn't know that he had another album that come out. I'm going to have to check out the one that he recently just uh, had released called Ballads of the Broken. Yeah, it came out in September. And then he and then he did a, a another album with Struggle late last year that came out. I mean, the man, gee, even Natalie, he's just <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, if you get a chance to check out any songs off of Self Medicate, I definitely recommend it. It's one reason why I recommend that one is because while he is kind of a country rapper, I think that's one of the most balanced albums of of mm. or, or, or based balanced of his work because there's a, a melodic song on there, there's a, you know just a lot of rap songs on there. Um, but yeah, it's it's he's definitely all over the the spectrum of music like rap, you know, country rock it's all in one yeah he definitely fits into this conversation because there's enough rock from what i heard in his style to to qualify but he, he t- takes a little bit of a different twist than what most of the other guys um, that we just talked about do in his style mm-hmm. yeah so yeah guys it seems that uh the combination of rap and rock is pretty alive and well and so um you know we've got this new generation of artists coming around we've got the old generation making their comebacks <laughs> making a comeback on halloween yeah, yeah. <laughs> rocking their dad vibes. <laughs> I like that's why I like it. I like the that's when we were talking about what to do for this episode. Whenever I was thinking about the album being or the song that they came out with being called Dad Vibes, I just started thinking about them as like, you know, they're the old men of this genre now. Yeah. <laughs> and and then some of these artists, you know, oxymorons and zero are are like, you know, the next generation of that sound. And so yeah. um I don't know. It's a sound that we dig. And I know, I know, you know, we've got these opportunities coming up to see some of these guys live and we will be reporting back on that when it happens. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, I'll I'm, I'm be rolling to the show on a rhino. That's, <laughs> as, as one does. <laughs> Very cool. So I'm sure that we have missed a few. And if you would like to let us know about them, please do. Who, who else has been killing it in this rap rock game? lately that we have missed yeah definitely uh let us know because i i truly enjoy this and, and you know it's it's one of my uh my wife's favorite genres she's more of a hip-hop kind of rock person like mm. gym class heroes yeah uh style like that but um yeah i i i love this i i, I that's one reason why i love rock music is because it, Everything blends well with it, though. Like blues blends well, rap music blends well, country maybe not, but uh, that's because country's its own thing. You know, it's twenty years. <laughs> it's too it's, far out it's there. It's its own thing. Yeah, too far out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so tell us what you think. Let us know if there's any bands that we didn't talk about or that we missed that that fit this genre or that you're looking forward to seeing or or hearing or maybe they got some music coming out. So thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rockin' rap on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. 
don't give away our trade secrets. <laughs>